Welcome to the Burks Homes podcast, the business of building homes. I'm Katie and I'm here with my brother Ben and today we are going to be talking about metrics and accountability. Our terminology for metrics is probably going to come out as um, scorecard a lot during this conversation. So metrics and scorecard are uh, interchangeable as we go about this whole topic. So Ben, let's talk about our scorecard first and why why are we even talking about this today? Yeah, executive team, executive What's EO stand for again? Uh, Executive operations. Operations. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That threw me for a loop. I didn't even know that. (laughs) Welcome to the team. So our scorecard is made up of eight different metrics, ones that we track each week. Last week we talked about not getting beyond seven days without looking at these numbers intentionally. And these are mostly leading indicators. Well, all of them Yes, that's what the... Yes. And metrics on the other side measurables Mm, are the lagging ones Mm -hmm. right so for us we have a couple key components that we we really can't talk about anything without looking at land first do we have the raw goods to meet our goals or not that's the first number that's one that i keep a close eye on and you and i are both all over the scorecard yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. between sales and operations, most of the numbers are ones that we are accountable for. And I think that's because the departments that we lead are the ones that are on the front lines. Generating the information to create those numbers. And that's the beauty of what we're looking at is it's a math equation mm-hmm. based on all of the information that all of the teams are providing every week. So that number of lots that are available is a combination of every region, a few different positions in the region that kind of come together to say exactly what type and what um, you know state in the process that mm-hmm. each lot is in and that feeds into what that number is we can stick with land for a while just to give some context for how we use metrics and how we use numbers so if we're we're talking about what how what it means for each employee to be um looking tied to a number right yeah, that's kind that's of the goal the goal is that everybody has a number that they are accountable for and we should probably reframe what accountability means to us before we go any further. It's basically saying if, if you're accountable for a number, you are given the very clear picture of exactly what you need to do to be successful. Yeah, it's always, it's always being able to define success quickly Yes, based on some sort of metric. Oh, you said that really well. It's defining success. I think that very often it's um, perceived as being um, how to, I don't know, make sure you don't fail. Accountability is kind of like a dirty word yeah. a little bit. I think it in some people's mind it's like somebody kind of leaning over them looking over their shoulder constantly mm-hmm. like are you Checking. are you doing yeah. your job did you mess up and it's totally different in this thought process the the one that we subscribe to which is clarity what you need to do is the ultimate benchmark yes. in being successful so it's like if i need 
to generate one widget a day, always hitting two, I am good. Yes. I'm doing my job. And it gives us a, it's a report card that's saying whether or not we are being you know, responsible predictors of information if we're setting the right goals. So if we're not meeting goals, it doesn't mean that someone isn't doing a good job. It could just mean that we were not tracking it the way we were supposed to. It could mean, oh, we thought that this position's capacity was two widgets a day, but truly it's only one and that is on us. We have to make sure that we're predicting properly the, the outcomes and the deliverables. So it's just a way to check our organization and its efficiencies also our planning yeah our predictability Mm -hmm. predictability is crucial to any business yeah and we pride ourselves on being predictable in what we lay out as we move forward trying to lay out what will ultimately be a three-year budget Mm, instead of if you think about it now most businesses operate uh, they're they're hopeful to have a final business plan for the next calendar year by january 1st that's like good news we want to have a business plan for three years yeah there's a lot of reasons for that too one is just the life cycle of our product is generally three years minimum yeah when it comes to raw dirt to finished home yeah so we have to be much have a much longer runway to be predicting these things we can't just keep the factory open for another shift it's if it if you think it might be too late it is yes we're already behind always (laughs) yeah there's always there's always like a cycle that you're too late on or you're a month late and you know everything just gets pushed and it's just it's a it's a moving target business in general and a good example of possibly changing metrics happened in your department last year with web traffic yeah where you had a pretty high number to achieve and you were consistently hitting it most of the time but it was not necessarily the traffic that you wanted is that mm-hmm. right that's exactly right and yeah and it lowered mm-hmm. and now even when we don't hit it we're still converting at a much higher rate well that's the hope is as things the the nice part about the scorecard is that you adjust to what your new goals are so we knew each year we're probably going to be increasing the web traffic that we need But this year we didn't increase even though our goals for sales increase because we are getting better at converting that traffic with a new website, with different, more organic marketing, less top of the funnel, more middle to the bottom. It's it's definitely a different strategy now than what we had last year and it's wildly effective just over the past six to eight weeks, which is exciting. Yeah, but for example, somebody on your team that might be like hyper-focused on that number and may have been discouraged at one time if it wasn't hit, mm-hmm. now you can calibrate that and yeah. be like, actually, no, I mean, we are we have a different paradigm now and this is why. We can oh. lower it. And so yeah. now they can be successful with a different metric yeah. that's you know lower than it was. Well, and that's... A great thing to highlight about the scorecards and metrics in general is that every number is a narrative. Every number has a story behind it. There, It's not 
you can't just take a number at face value. There's so much behind it and why we chose the goal that we did. So it's almost like you need a white paper behind every metric that you're tracking and how different positions in the company feed into what that number is. That's kind of what I was saying before with land is the clarity we get to provide for each person is how their number and their position plays into that ultimate story. Yeah. It's like, here's your piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And why I've been saying define success a lot because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just relevant, not just in meeting, like for meetings too. What's success look like at the end of this meeting? Why are we having the meeting? Right. (laughs) And then you just think about what success at the end of this meeting is usually solving a question Mm -hmm. or clarifying something. Yeah. But defining success for the individual means that they can really get comfortable with that number and the narrative behind it yes. and how they fit in. Right. And for us, I'm looking at the scorecard for the EO right now. And then we have the person at the table who's accountable mm-hmm. for that number. Mm-hmm. It's our job on a weekly basis to tell the story. Yeah. The narrative behind why, you know, for instance, if we if we have a, a goal of X starts a week and it's low, what, what is it? What happened? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Why? We mostly look at trends. You're not, we're not going to make react whipsaw judgments Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one week when it's it's just one week out of you know we go back 13 weeks so you know it 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 has to be significant but it's our job to tell that narrative down to the you know frontline level if if need be Mm -hmm. so we have to dig in you know either prior to the meeting or afterwards Mm -hmm. to be prepared to tell that story yeah and and the really cool thing is if you come prepared to explain why a number is off potentially so we didn't start as many as we wanted to this week well that's because we don't have enough excavators in one region okay well that's issue that we need to discuss can we share resources do we need to change the way that we're onboarding trades do, you know there's a whole conversation that can come out of why we didn't hit a metric there's a host of of opportunities to brainstorm then too. Oh yeah, because yeah. then you get the power of the group mm-hmm. talking about you know the issue, and a lot of times there's not huge overlap with mm-hmm. you know one EO member in their department, but usually there's a little bit, mm-hmm. and they can offer suggestions or it's something that we put on the board for IDS to, to it, talk it does about. get a little more effective at the departmental or the regional discussions because yeah. they're hands-on and they're able to problem solve and create solutions for that number we, we're kind of last people to even hear about it <laughs> yeah sometimes. we don't and we don't want to solve no, those problems no. on their behalf. We just want to make sure they have the tools and Absolutely. resources to make decisions. Well, and that's part of it that can come up out of tracking these metrics is we cannot be effective. We can't meet this goal if we don't have uh, this report or if we don't have this training or, you know, that's another piece that I've, I have seen come out of these scorecard conversations and that's another thing that's 
just absolutely crucial to our business is reporting. Mm -hmm. So uh, timely reporting, accurate reporting. Mm -hmm. There are so many pieces of data that are involved in a transaction, maybe not even a transaction, but just operations in general. And everything is digital, so there's these fields floating around. (laughs) You're building this these suite of reports to show you a snapshot in time to you know either solve a problem or just know how you're doing and we're always tweaking those reports we're mm-hmm. saying okay there's this report that I want to understand the job costs well if i had one more column yeah. with this set of data then that makes everything different mm-hmm. and so it's just this constant refinement of that and you'll always hear people, well, if I had this report right yeah. now, mm-hmm. and it, you just can't, you know, you can't move at the speed of light with development team and all that. We have a lot, though. They're doing a great job. They are. That stuff they out. are. It's very yeah. helpful. It's very impressive. Yeah. But what do you think is the, the key to connecting that accountability piece to the numbers? Like, where does that become really, really important? in somebody's job step one is again the clarity defining the success so you're saying i am going to have this responsibility that's like if you're if you're taking ownership for your own metric yeah you're saying okay i am responsible for producing this so what is what do i need to do it what training tools, whatever. What do I need to do? Do I have it? Okay. Yes, I do. Then you have the, it's an open book test. You have the answer of how to do well. And that's to me, the, the key is making sure that we have each of those numbers and metrics defined for every position. So people can feel good about their production. And I'm going to speak to the management side of it Mm -hmm. a a little bit because I think that's really critical. We really try not to be punitive in these metrics and making sure that we test them well before rolling them out and saying, this is your new thing that you have to be accountable for. It's it's something that we want to see trends on. So, A, it's attainable. Yeah. You know, physically attainable. And B, it's something that they can get excited about and outperform Mm -hmm. every once in a while yeah you know I think of our superintendents who probably have the most metrics Mm -hmm. uh, in the company that are you know widely publicized and defined Mm -hmm. and we have kind of set these these interim periods of not turning them on but watching them in parallel yeah over a quarter or six months Um, right now we're about to roll out the budget versus variance a piece of their scorecard mm-hmm. and it's just to see what they are able to you know kind of influence during the construction process mm-hmm. because let's face it there you know we do purchase orders so when the jobs released we're assuming generally that those purchase orders go out and not only does the the trade or vendor agree with that price and quantity and all of that for that job but that there's not going to be any issues, right? So that that number should be pretty small on what the superintendent can influence. Yeah. But we've been tracking it for a long, long time to make sure that once we roll it out and say, you guys have to keep it within this percentage, mm-hmm. 
that it's attainable and something that they can achieve and quite honestly get get bonused on yeah. if they do a great job. Mm-hmm. But not be punitive in the sense of, hey, this is construction also. We don't work in a climate-controlled factory and there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part about that is not just the testing and the comparison to know if we're making it attainable, but it's also the collaboration mm-hmm. with the people that are doing the work. Yeah. When we're setting the goals and the metrics to say, how do you feel about this? Do you buy into this being the thing that you produce? Is this in your role? Is this being the most effective? So getting feedback as we're setting some of this up has been huge because we sometimes not being in the field a lot as much as we may have been at different times in our career or even in a region at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that we're decentralized, we're further and further removed from the day to day. And so sometimes I'm relying on my old experiences to set what I think is a good metric well we used to whatever now that that has to get thrown out the window at this point yeah there has to be more of a collaboration with what's actually happening now and take that into consideration when we're setting goals for achieving the next step it's like almost pre-covid post-covid yeah a little bit i mean that it's just changed so much Mm -hmm. and I always think of back in the day, your top superintendents would be able to run X amount of jobs, no problem. And they just can't anymore Mm -hmm. because they're more spread out. You know, there's a lot more windshield time. And they're also dealing with subcontractors and trades that are spread out more. Their workforce is thin. You can't call a guy and say, I need one of your guys to come over in the next two hours and finish this Mm -hmm. they'll say well i'm on three other jobs right now that are just as important so there's little anecdotal things that you do have to reprogram Mm -hmm. in your mind and make sure that you are getting that frontline feedback all the way to the people who are doing the job each day i mean especially thinking about the just the dynamic of the market in general like demographically the way any employee in the entire company has to interact with a customer is different now than it used to be. Expectations are Expectations are so different. The world has changed tremendously in terms of technology and communication and the expectation of service. And we have to be able to adjust to that and get that feedback of what it's like now because our customers are getting younger and younger and we're getting older and older. And so we we have to keep a pulse on who we're serving at this point and making sure that we're adjusting expectations of performance around that also because that's an outside factor that needs to be taken into consideration. What are we, geriatric millennials? (laughs) The old old millennials? (laughs) We had that crossover time Mm -hmm. and it's extremely different i mean can you imagine our children buying houses in 10 15 years Mm -hmm. and that they will be like if there's not an app for it they won't buy a house they i can only imagine laugh us the whole way home yeah like get out of here you're calling me I'm not ready to have a conversation yet. Right, I, right. It, it's just, and it's already changed. We're yeah. we're already there. And for you on the marketing experience mm-hmm. side, 
that hit you first. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the training has to evolve. So you're, you know, train sales training from 2019 mm-hmm. might be slightly irrelevant now. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Right. But and even even down to I mean to every customer facing employee has to be feeling the impact of it. Oh yeah, you know? in the field, the, yeah. the superintendents, everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a challenge. We're all dealing with it. Everybody out there is dealing with it in their business yeah. to a certain degree. And I I mean I was in Starbucks the other day. I don't really go to Starbucks that often, but it was amazing to me what that it was totally misrepresented. The vast majority of the orders were takeout orders. I mean, there was 15 drinks lined up. Yeah. And I was the only one in line. Because you're old. Yeah, because I'm, <laughs> I'm like a boomer. So I'm walking through and I'm like, "What? why are there 40 drinks over there? And people are just filing in from outside, just walking in, not talking to anybody and leaving. Use and, your app, bro. And I was like, man, I should have ordered ahead. <laughs> but it was just funny. It's just a just an example. But anyway, getting back to the, the overall scorecard, what is your favorite number to track? Maybe not on our scorecard, but just in general. What is the one that you go to right away to make you feel good? It's not one. It's the conversions okay. from website to lead, lead to appointment, appointment to sale. And it's I'm obsessively staring at that. It's I, beautifully yeah. predictable. Yes. And so going in that hierarchy, web traffic, once you hit a number, you kind of know what how many sales we're going to have. Once we hit lead, the lead to appointment is the most predictable. Right. So once we have the conversion for the, the lead to appointment held, then I'm pretty good with knowing what we're going to have that next, like two to three weeks later. Yeah, it's always consistent. Has that has that time span gotten faster or slower? It's definitely gotten faster since COVID, no question. I mean, it was much longer before for us. I think that had to do a little bit with our product mix. The more efficient floor plans that we sell, townhomes, duplexes, and, you know, our new lineup, that is speeding it up also. Yeah. Because there's less decision fatigue during the initial process it is what it is and if somebody wants to buy a house or buying it and that has definitely condensed the time it the upfront time it takes and our attached product like duplexes and townhomes most of those choices are very narrow if any depending on the cycle time you Mm -hmm. know where it's at in the job we try to usually sell completed or close to completion on those spec packets at least even if it hasn't been started yet the idea would be that it's specced out yeah you know and making change yeah making changes is problematic for a number of reasons so it's interesting i I always look at those numbers too Mm -hmm. because it makes you feel good well for me it's like two things i always like to to understand customer satisfaction just because you know i'm I'm like an Enneagram 9, and I like Mm -hmm. people to be happy. That's important. And obviously, if you're pleasing your customers, there is an eventual benefit down the line in terms of future sales. Sure. Very strongly correlated. For me, it's it's always customer satisfaction and then days under construction. Mm, Yeah. So days under construction, 
can be a double-edged sword because there's a standard that we have. However, in in terms of speed, which directly influences our financing costs for borrowing money to build the sticks and bricks on the house. It also directly influences customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get if if it goes too long, we want to be super predictable in our cycle times. Yeah, the lower the better. The lower meaning as close to our our normal goal yeah. as possible. We don't want to cut corners. We want to hit that number knowing we know how many days it takes to build the quality product that we want to yeah. pump out there. So yeah. that's the number we want to hit. Right. If you're actually beating that number, mm-hmm. it's not good because of that quality. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. There is such a thing as moving too fast. Mm-hmm. So it's that fine balance tremendous amount of other data all over the place Mm -hmm. i'm only thinking of financing because financing is you know double what it used to cost so it's something that we have to keep keep an eye on Mm -hmm. but ultimately it it also helps with if there's giant fluctuations in days under construction you know one time you're 20 days over expected Mm -hmm. the other time you're right on it really affects our even flow yeah because yes. in a perfect world, it, it's like that factory mentality of you know, smooth and steady can predict for the trades and vendors a lot better in that manner. Mm-hmm. So you can say, oh, you're going to have a house every X amount of weeks. When the days under construction vary widely, yeah. then you're throwing a monkey wrench into the whole system. And the subcontractor base is going to feel it in extremes on either end Mm -hmm. they're gonna it's feast or famine right they're gonna have three houses to start on the same day and then none for weeks right stuff like that so it's really important to be consistent in that manner Mm -hmm. and so i always look at those two and then i love just generally speaking starts you know that's action that means a house was dug right and that that leads to so many good things Mm -hmm. starts influences sales because psychological component to somebody driving into a community and seeing four houses under construction Mm -hmm. as opposed to none. Right. There's excitement, not just from a customer standpoint, but also, okay, now we're into it. We're Stuff's flying. There's nothing better than going out on a job site and seeing four or five houses with in different stages of construction and all kinds of people swarming and, yeah you know it's just fun so those are mine that's a that's interesting to think about uh too that start changes the like you're saying the momentum but almost the lives of everybody involved oh yeah because and you've been on the job site and doing framing for mm-hmm. years just knowing that you're going to see the same people popping up here and there you're kind of all on the same team and if it's like a really hopping community it's really cool to have so many people that you're just gonna you know be able oh they're coming right behind me oh that's right they're gonna be done right before I get I'm gonna see this person it's a groove right yeah oh absolutely it's fun and from a trade-based standpoint you love to know that predictability like there's nothing more important than knowing where you're going to be roughly when. Yeah. And there were times, now when I was framing, it was the late 90s, so it was, I don't know if I'd call it a similar market, but it was on the upswing like like we have been. So in key areas, 
if if you started a community mm-hmm. like you were going to be there yeah you know if you as a framer all you care about is foundations and so there was a couple summers i did i barely left an entire community that's how busy it was right like where penwood oh that right yeah i was and that was beautiful because that was like a couple miles from home but i was there for you know two months Mm -hmm. out of three so that that really helps our partnerships yeah as well predictability i keep saying that word but that's the point of all of this if if we can basically tell employees customers and our trades Mm -hmm. what is going to happen over and over again Mm mm-hmm that's winning. Yeah. That's winning. Yep. And I think to tie it back to the original way we started the conversation, predictability is winning, especially for our coworkers. Mm-hmm. They yeah. know what they can do to influence an outcome. And if they do a really good job, that metric will be exceeding, you know, their goal. Yes. Like it's that there's something very tangible about it that they can at least know if they're doing something really well Mm -hmm. and it's just all based on math so we love metrics Mm -hmm. we love prediction we love the scorecard and i know not everyone has a metric in the company yet that's i would say one of the harder things to come up with is finding a measurement a predictable measurement for every role. It's it's a little bit of a struggle. So if you are one of those people that do not have one and you'd like to have a conversation about it, oh, please. Yes. Yeah, you can come. I mean, I, I think nine out of 10 managers would happily allow each person to throw ideas out there oh, yeah. and create their own metrics mm-hmm. because generally you're the most qualified to do it. Right. It should be a collaborative effort. Um, in every department that um, you kind of come to an agreement. Right. Yeah, a lot of stuff hasn't changed since the beginning of time in terms of if you're a great home builder, Mm -hmm. what are you going to be doing well? Mm -hmm. However, all the stuff that we talked about, technology, different things have influenced the how, Mm -hmm. how you get there to be successful. Well, let's define that really quickly. So the things that are important to to us in the success of the organization are customer satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So are we providing our product in a way that is pleasing to the customer? So customer satisfaction is huge. The timing, Mm -hmm. you know, how how long and how efficiently we produce that home, the profitability of the home. Right. And if we can build more homes by getting land. Yeah. So I guess I should say it in order. Land, the time it takes to build it. So it's like when you when you sell it, when you start it, when you close it, the profitability of it, mm-hmm. and if we provided a good customer experience. Yeah. Those so, are the things that are important. So if you are trying to find a metric, try to tie it into one of those things. Yeah, it's the whole life cycle. Mm-hmm. It's the entire life cycle of everything. And then, yeah, and profitability is that lagging indicator at the end of the day that all of these things were constantly calibrating what points towards high profitability. Mm -hmm. And there's other things, you know, outside influences that cannot be controlled that might might lead to a variance in net profitability Mm, at the end. But Mm -hmm. in terms of 
the land, construction, sales, customer satisfaction, all of that stuff, we're not considering outside influences. Right. We're considering things that we can control. Yes. You know, we're not talking about the interest rate mm-hmm. on vertical financing. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the crazy market stuff, you know, mortgage, mortgage rates, rates yeah. all that mm-hmm. stuff. We don't focus on that because we can't control it. So I think it was important for us to talk about how much we value this stuff yeah, and how it literally drives the business. Mm-hmm. If we couldn't see this, we would be panicking. You know what I mean? Oh, like absolutely. When we don't have visibility, mm-hmm. the gut instinct is only so good. And mm-hmm. that's hard for us. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't naturally want to always believe the narrative that a number says. Mm-hmm. I want to think about my anecdotal experience yeah first well I feel like it was a learning curve for us to rely on metrics yeah you know yeah. but ne- once I got my mind wrapped around it I can never go back yeah <laughs> yeah but you know what's funny so speaking about dad and mm-hmm. and his the, the way that he's operated for many many years he was all he always knew that there was a lot of importance in understanding certain things yeah you know but he wasn't he wasn't always like out there (laughs) well he wasn't always out there trying to network with Mm. people in the building industry to understand you know what's important he developed it on his own oh right what you know if if x is this then we're good yeah if this he had his own things but they've changed as well yeah so sometimes when we're going through the financials side by side with him, it doesn't necessarily pencil out because the market's changed. Things have changed. Now, more than ever, we're, like I said, very reliant on this stuff Mm -hmm. and can't operate blindly. Yeah. We need this in front of us constantly to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's just changed. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's metrics and accountability. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's good. So you have you're the you're the MVP person this week. Yes. So today I would like to shout out Erin as our MVP. Oh yeah, that's a good one. She is the executive assistant. Yeah. Sorry, Erin. She keeps us all straight. Uh, you're way more than that to yeah. me, which is why I am shouting you out. I don't know how she keeps track of as much as she does, she keeps our entire executive operations team running in yeah. terms of all of our meetings and reports, metrics, all this stuff that we're talking about. She's the one that gets this in front of us every single week. There's a lot of people that pull it all together and everything, but she is the one that is consistently keeping track of everything for us. Yeah, we walk into our EO meeting on a Wednesday morning and she hands us this nice folder with all the up-to-date stuff agendas perfectly the information and then we we go through the meeting and create all kinds of havoc and we say we need four meetings to come out of this and they're all scheduled without conflicts yes and it's pretty incredible and I know on Mike's behalf, he would not survive without Aaron. Uh, well, I feel the same way. Yeah. And yeah. she just has such a good pulse on what's going on with everyone in the organization and is just on top. I don't know how she 
keeps track of everything. She just yeah. keeps track of absolutely everything. I'm just super impressed by it. And thank you so much. And <laughs> she's just a pleasure to yes. to work beside. Exactly. She's just got a great demeanor. So yeah, that's a good one. We're gonna have. I mean, if you think about it, you could we could go. You know, 180 some weeks, and. Well, by Say the time every person in the organization. <laughs> by the time we get to 180, there'll be 250 yes, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's th- this is these are layups right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. so mm-hmm. easy because of people we work with all the time. So, do you have a challenge? So I do. It's it's kind of, I don't know if I would say it's it's really clear, but I was super interested last week to understand a piece of somebody's job. Like how do they do? exactly mm. like a, a mini step in the core process yeah. you know how do you move the ball from here to here mm-hmm. and it's at the feet of this position of the business analyst mm-hmm. and so i was able to have a couple conversations and also pull some information that was documented mm-hmm. on their job and uh, you know job description all that stuff yeah. and i was just like i felt really good about adding that knowledge mm, mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. because like like you said we we don't know how you know process works all the way out right. to the regional right. level like we don't know everything anymore mm-hmm. it's just too big so gaining that knowledge was like really perfect timing for me mm-hmm. because i felt like it's going to tie into a lot of other stuff that i'm working on uh, okay my challenge is for everybody out there to just take a little piece of somebody else's job that they might overlap with mm. and really understand it, seek to understand exactly all the things that that person does or maybe just a piece of it mm-hmm. that overlaps with you so you can do your job better. That's great. You know, yeah. where we, we all have blind spots mm-hmm. and we d- might not even know there's a report for that. Yeah. So that's my challenge is just to, to look, you know, on either side of you Mm -hmm. where you are in the process and make sure that you go find a piece of information that you didn't have before and really understand it well. Right. That's really good. Imagine if you just go talk to someone about that and say, hey, just so you know, after you're done with that piece, this is what I do. And then that person goes, oh, well, I can just give you X, Y, Z. Yes. Imagine. Yeah. Maybe they could, you know, set you up for future success by adding a little you know piece of information right. each or, time or i'm already doing it and it's right here yeah who knows like that that's a great challenge well the efficiency and we talked about this last week we had our our liaison meeting mm-hmm. of the director level people who are kind of setting policies that they would reach out to each other more yeah and understand yeah so they can train their dotted line positions mm-hmm. in the region better yeah and so i think that core process i mean it it could be just as simple as seeing what the bullet points are Mm -hmm. i'm not talking about diving deep i'm just saying seek to understand somebody else's job a little better that Mm -hmm. you interact with that's great okay took me 20 minutes (laughs) i did not declutter my car Mm, i I did did my closet at home though. oh well that's good yeah so who knows i might not ever touch my car i mean i didn't wash my car (laughs) but i'm pretty clean right now so all right and as always please email either one of us with any feedback yeah getting these emails has been really nice it really is yeah thank you guys we feel like a bunch of idiots but (laughs) 
It's been nice to hear feedback from exactly. people. Exactly. So keep them coming. Thank you. And we will be back next week. All right. See you. Have a good one.